Hey guys, welcome back to Along for the Ride. If you're new here, I am Jessica Sturdy, and this is my podcast. Today's a fun episode. It's my first Q&A episode, and I had a ton of sticker box questions <laughs> come through on Instagram, and I think I only got through like 10 of them, and it ended up being my longest episode yet. Apparently, I can just take a question and roll with it. So I'm saving all of the other questions. If I didn't get to yours, I apologize. I'm saving them in a bank for the next Q&A episode. So I'm interested to hear after you listen to this episode, definitely let me know over on Instagram at along for the ride pod. If you enjoyed this Q&A format and would like to see more things like that, or if you have any other questions that I didn't get to or want me to further expand on any of these topics. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. Okay. There are three regarding India to start. Your India trip, it looked amazing. How was your experience in India? Did you ever feel uncomfortable in India given the difference in social norms? I'm trying to think of the social norms that I noticed in India. Definitely none that made me feel uncomfortable that I can think of off the top of my head at least. I know that feet and shoes are considered to be unclean. So at the Taj Mahal or any place of worship, you always have to take off your shoes which I mean, that never made me feel uncomfortable by any means. And we're always very cognizant of that anyway, taking off our shoes as soon as we walk into Anuj and Ellen's condo. That's just a thing in the culture and so many other cultures. I know in like Japan, you have to take your shoes off before you go into temples and things like that. To be respectful, I know a lot of us wore more like modest clothing on the trip, you know, nothing too short or revealing, you know, some scarves you can wear as wraps and things like that. But You will see in India a lot of the saris and things that the Indian women are wearing are midriff bearing. So that's not really something you need to worry about as much. I would say that's more so with like your chest and legs. And I guess on like the clothing aspect, it's definitely not considered like imitation if you do want to wear more like traditional Indian clothing. I would say it's like more shows a sign of respect versus like imitation or something like that. What else about India? You won't see meat or um, like beef anywhere because cows are considered sacred in the religion. So yeah, no red meat. There's just a lot of chicken, some lamb. I will say after a lot of chicken in the week, when we got to Newark airport and had like a bunch of hours to kill, we did get um, burgers as it sounded good after the week. What else? Everything runs a little bit late there. It's kind of like European time kind of thing where things just are running a little bit late. That's the norm for sure. Can you hear all these sirens going on outside? I do not have a studio to record in. I'm literally just at my desk. So (laughs) I had to stop there for a second. Where was I? Namaste, you'll hear for both hello and goodbye. Sometimes like verbally, but also just with that kind of like yoga hand prayer motion and like a head nod. Those are really the only kind of cultural things that I noticed that are more so norms there. But yeah, none none of it made me uncomfortable. If there's something specifically, if you're going, just send me an email or something. We can chat. Another one about India. India, any tips for traveling there? Going to Kochi, Kochi, Mumbai, and Bangalore in a few weeks. I would say to just have an open mind and take deep breaths. <laughs> it can feel very intense at times with 
the crazy traffic, the horns, and honestly, just some of the things that you're seeing. You know, when you're in a car and there's somebody coming up to it on the side that's, you know, more so begging for money. And outside the Taj Mahal, these women that have babies that they're almost using as bait to get you to give something, it is kind of jarring at times. So I would say even in the intense times, just kind of take a deep breath and appreciate the different culture that you're experiencing because it is so different from life as we know it. But yeah, just have an open mind. I found everyone I met there to be so unbelievably welcoming and warm and the food is amazing and it was really cool. I definitely want to go back at some point. I feel like most everything we did was wedding focused because I got in two days later than I was planning on. So there really was no free time. We had like two half days that I could have gone out and done some exploring with other people in the group. But honestly, I was just so tired. And to be honest, you know, I feel like over the last few years, I've mentioned this in previous episodes, I just have traveled so much. And I just, I just, I knew I, to go out and experience those things, wanted to be in a different headspace than I was. Like, yes, we did the Taj Mahal, but people went to different spice markets and temples and things around Delhi. And I know I'll definitely want to do those next time, just when I can appreciate it a little bit more. And I just kind of felt run down when I was there just because the travel and jet lag, I wasn't sleeping a lot. And, you know, like I've said, I've just kind of felt like traveled out and traveling and experiencing all those different things just isn't really what's like lighting me up right now, honestly. I know it will in the future and I am fortunate enough that I get to travel a lot and hopefully I'll have an excuse to go to India in the future and can see all those things then. But yeah, if you're going to all those places, you send me your recommendations because we were just in Delhi. Okay, what else? Dating apps. It's not a question necessarily. I think maybe my question box said... What do you want to hear about? Instead of what questions do you have, I should rephrase that. Dating apps. I have a whole blog post about this on the blog if you just search dating apps. I'm not sure if you've read it or not. So I guess I can just talk about it a little bit more on here because I feel like with a lot of these things, I can just be like, go read the blog, go read the blog, go read the blog. But since we're doing a different medium now. Okay, let me think back to that post to clip notes it. So I got on Tinder back in like, I would say it was 2012, maybe 2013 when I lived in New York. And I think that that was a year or two before it became more common here in Chicago. And then then there was Hinge, then Happen was another one, Coffee Meets Bagel. I feel like there was another one before Bumble came out. And then The League, like way back in the day, there was Grouper. Do you guys remember that? Like you go with groups of three. And it's so funny that Grouper's coming up because one of my friends and I were talking about this in India. We were sharing a room together. And I was saying that like, honestly, Grouper was the shit back in the day. I'm sad that it didn't take off more than it did because I feel like the the concept of it is really cool. Basically, you would just, I think two people would have to match and then you'd bring, you'd each bring two friends. And so it would just be two groups of three coming together to meet. And I mean, I think it kind of takes the pressure off and, you know, you can kind of see who you mesh with more so. I went as a guest. I didn't do the initial matching. I think I feel like I had the app or the website or whatever. I remember being on it too, but I went with my roommate in New York on one that she matched with. So I can't really remember what it was like with the two people that matched because you're not really matching with the person, but I don't think you specified the group. So I don't 
don't know if you're just as wing. I don't really remember like the specifics to be quite honest. A lot of life has happened since then. But yeah, I, I feel like the whole group thing, I don't know. I, I would be interested to see if that would like happen again now. Cause I think sometimes when you, you know, like go on these dates and then it's like, womp, womp, like you don't connect with the person. At least, you know, everybody likes something else. So anyway, that being said, I feel like I've truly been there, done that when it comes to the dating apps. So I have no shade to throw against them. I have, besides myself and, you know, I've had a ton of experience on them. I have so many friends that are married engaged and also dating that have like met on the apps and you know they can be really great but right now in my life I'm just not that into them and I'm not trying to dissuade anybody from being on them at all I think they are so much an example of you get out what you put in and for the last few years I've been at the point where they feel like a chore to me they feel like a job I'm literally copying and pasting messages to people So I just deleted the apps altogether. For me personally, it was a waste of time to just mindlessly swipe when I'm bored because I knew that I didn't have the intention of having a conversation or meeting up. And so I think your intention has to be right, if that makes sense. I got back on the apps in January of this year, so just probably two months ago, and I went on a date. And actually, the date was really fun. It's nothing like it wasn't a situation that turned me back off of the apps, but it just, it was becoming too like time consuming. That's not what I want to be focusing my time on right now. So I just ended up deleting them again. I will say, I feel like I have this weird internal knowing that I'm not going to meet my person on an app. I don't know how to explain it, if it's intuition or what, but I firmly believe, as with everything else in my life that has fallen into place like that, I know that when the time is right, I'll find my next person, if that makes sense. I feel like I've had so much going on the last few years, and deep down, if I'm being honest, like I'm really enjoying this time of self-discovery and getting to know myself more without having to think about anyone else in the process if that makes sense. Like, of course I want to meet somebody eventually, but I'm just okay if it takes a little while longer, you know? Like, I'm good right now. And I think in today's society, there's this pressure that if you're single, you have to be on the apps and you have to be like actively working towards making yourself not single. Like being single is a bad thing or something. And I I just don't think like that. I just, I don't. I've talked about this with my therapist too when it comes to apps and she more or less said that, you know, they can be great for people and she recommends them for some of her clients, but they're not for everyone. And since I am a type that is out and about and usually don't have a problem like striking up a conversation with a stranger, I don't have to be on them if I don't want to be. And, you know, dating apps aside, I don't have to be out meeting people in the wild right now if I don't want to be. Like, I have other priorities for this year and goals that I really want to hit, and none of them have to do with dating. And, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say, but if you don't feel like dating right now, don't date because other people think you should. You're not going to have good luck because... Again, it comes back to like your intention. If your intention is just you're doing something just because you feel like you should be, you're not going to get the results that you feel like you should be getting. You're going to get the results that you actually want, which is to not date. Get what I mean? Actually, the next question on here is I would love to hear more about all the spirituality things you were into. And actually, that flows perfectly. I don't even know where to begin with this, but I think... I guess I I definitely believe in intentions and, you know, mindset and law of attraction and all of that. And I guess let's just like break it down. Not really through the lens of dating, but you'll hopefully see how it applies. Yeah, I 
definitely do believe in the law of attraction. I dabble with Abraham Hicks a little bit. I first learned of Abraham Hicks through Jess Lively's work, and I listened to her podcast called The Lively Show, which is where I've learned, I kind of dipped my toe into like this world a little bit. She always mentions Abraham Hicks YouTube videos. I have not looked at any of those. I think I follow Abraham Hicks publications on Instagram, so I'll see some things on there. But Jess recommended on Audible listening to The Law of Attraction. It's by Esther and Jerry Hicks. I'm not even going to try to explain. I guess I should, but I don't feel that I really know enough to explain, but I'll give it my best shot. So Esther and Jerry Hicks are two human beings. They're married. And Esther, is that how you say it? Esther, Esther, Esther maybe? Is it Esther? I don't fucking know. Esther, yeah, that sounds more right, but I thought that there was an H in there. Maybe there's not. Yeah, Esther Hicks. So she channels, I don't I don't know how to describe this. So Abraham is a non-physical entity and Esther basically relaxes herself and is able, the voice of Abraham, it's not like a guy, it's more of a collective of people. Okay. (laughs) If you listen to any of their books or read their books, they describe this much better. And honestly, just Google it if you're into this kind of thing. But basically, it's like the all-knowingness of a higher power, if that makes sense. So Jess had recommended The Law of Attraction on Audible, and I have listened to it there. And she said she is very much, or I'm very much like her, she is very much like me, where she's a big highlighter and will like study books, which is how I feel. And so I typically am not a big book listener. However, she recommended that Law of Attraction was easy to listen to on Audible. So that's why I started doing that. And then I also listened to another book by them called Ask and It Is Given. Both of them I like a lot. I will say, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think Abraham Hicks is necessarily like an entry point into this world. It could probably seem a little out there if you are, I mean, hence my description of it. I don't even know how to explain it. So if it's not your cup of tea right now, maybe try something else on this list that I'll go through instead, if that makes sense. I think with like more of the mindset and power of positive thinking, I'd say that that came from Jen Sincero's books. You Are a Badass is a must read for me and I, I've i made people that work for me read it. I just think that like if you're going to be in my world, I want you to at least have that like basic understanding of like, you know, we kind of are creating our realities. Like I said, I'm typically not a big audiobook person. I prefer to read, highlight, and like truly study books. But since I've read Jen's books already, I'm actually really enjoying right now listening to them on audiobook, specifically in the mornings. I tend to listen to them when I'm doing, um, like making my celery juice in the morning, and that's like a good 15 minutes. And I think listening to the messages since I have already studied the material, it's not like I'm having to sit there and like have my mind blown by what she said because it's all things that I now know to be true and practice in my day-to-day life. So yeah, her book, You Are a Badass, and also the You Are a Badass at Making Money, the green one. Yeah, I feel like they kind of just put me in the right headspace for the day. So if you haven't read those, I'd recommend those. And she has a new one, actually. The girl who does my hair told me that, because I think it might have came out when I was on Remote Year. So I 
feel like I saw it and I was like, oh, I'll have to order that when I get back because I couldn't order it while I was away. But I think it's You Are a Badass Every Day. I think it's blue. Like yellow one is the original. Can you tell that I have like such a visual memory? Yellow is the original. Green is the money. And now I think the new one is like a blue color. So I need to get that and I'll report back. What else? Um, I feel like everybody's teaching always talks about meditation. I think it's a big part of most people's spiritual practice. I've gone in and out with meditation over the years. I love the Headspace app. If you're in local in Chicago, chill meditation. They have some great classes. And I think sometimes when I'm in a class environment, like I'm going there, they're on class pass. But even if you're paying to take the class, just like getting there, I'm like already in the right mindset. If I'm at home sometimes, I can, you know, it can be a few minutes and then my mind's already somewhere else. So I think sometimes in person, it's good for me. And they have a yoga meditation class. So it's 30 minutes of very light yoga followed by 30 minutes of meditation. And I found when I was just starting out that doing the 30 minutes of yoga to lead into the meditation really just kind of already relaxed my body because I can be so like high strung and anxious and all over the place that for me to just go from like running at a hundred to then sit down and then have to be like calm, cool, and collected there, that's kind of a contrast. So I do think that the yoga, you know, and I know that I know to be true, like for me personally, that workouts tend to be like a moving meditation for me anyway. I think that that's why I enjoy exercise so much. So yeah, if you are in the same boat, maybe try doing a class like that or some light light stretching or something before you try to meditate. If you're not in Chicago, I believe, I know that there's like Inscape in New York. My friend Megan used to go there. I'm trying to think of what else, other places. Just do some Googling. I'm sure you can find a lot of yoga studios offer meditation classes too. So just kind of do some digging there if you're in more of a remote place. I will say the book that kind of had me let my guard down with meditation was 10% Happier by Dan Harris. He used to be a news anchor on, I'm not sure which network I forget. It's been a while since I read it. I read this book back when I still lived in New York. He basically, I think, had like a nervous breakdown on national television. And that's when he was led to find meditation or different ways to deal with his anxiety. So I would highly recommend that if you're a little like on the woo-woo fence. I think since he's a dude and he writes in like a very like no bullshit, not fluffy kind of way. So if, again, if you have not dipped your toe into this world of meditation and all sorts of other stuff, I would start there. I think that that was kind of like the gateway drug for me into like accepting more of this as like the norm and all of that. And last, but certainly not least, Gabby Bernstein. I know this is a bold statement, but I would say that her work has like changed my life for sure. I've read The Universe Has Your Back. That was my first book by her. And I'm actually now listening to that on Audible again. And I put this on my Instagram stories a few weeks ago, but it's crazy. I read that two years ago and now listening to it since... I've gone deep down the path in the last two years. Now, even listening to it, I'm getting so much more out of it because I think at the time when I read the beginning part of that book, I just had such a different like view of everything. So yeah, I, I highly recommend that book. And I, I follow her on Instagram and I've done some of her different 
courses and read blog posts and I love all of her work. She's just, she's truly the greatest. And I actually just started her May Cause Miracles book after I fell in love with Universe Has Your Back. I ordered all of her books because that is how I roll. And it's been on my bookshelf here and I actually just picked it up the other day and I didn't even realize that it is a 40-day guidebook. So, you know, there's a little intro and then you start and she recommends starting like a Sunday or Monday and you start the 40 days. And so it's just a page or two every day. So it's very digestible and there's a little bit of meditation that goes along with it. There's a little bit of journaling that goes along with it and then, you know, just a few passages to read. It's almost... I'm loving it so far if I haven't already prefaced that. But I would say it's basically, it kind of reminds me, I have a lot of more so like religious friends and people that I follow on Instagram as well. And they will post, you know, different pictures or that like talk about their devotionals, you know, more so for the Bible. And I will say something that is challenging, I guess for me, I wouldn't say that I am religious. I would say that I am spiritual. And I, you know, there's not like a book on spirituality. You know, you kind of pick and choose whatever resonates for you and what you deem to be true. So since Gabby, I love all of her work. And this is kind of, you know, a little bit, a little reminder, both in the morning and in the evening that you're reading. It's It kind of almost feels like a devotional. It's like a daily practice of, you know, staying connected to your spiritual practice. When this episode comes out, I'll be on day nine. So I'm, you know, I'll only be about a quarter of the way through. So I'll keep you posted more so, but I'm loving it so far. Like I said, this is not my entry point into this world. So the first few days have felt very just like refresher courses and good things to keep in mind. But I've had a really good week so far and I'm not sure what it is, but that's probably definitely part of it. I don't know if this is spiritual or not, but I live and die for my five-minute journal. I know I've mentioned it on the blog, on Instagram, all of the places, but I, I'm i a creature of habit anyway, and I find a lot of grounding in like daily routines, and the five-minute journal is just the best. If you, and actually, I mean, I've used it for well over two years, maybe closer to three. I know I moved, I used it, yeah, back in like 2015. It's probably been well over three years, closer to four. Actually, within the last year, my therapist recommended it to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I've used it forever. I love it. But if you read the foreword in the journal, it talks about putting practices in to express gratitude for the things you might not have yet, which is kind of like, you know, the mindset shifts and law of attraction and all of that. So I do think it kind of goes along with all of this stuff. But if you're not familiar with the five-minute journal, again, I'll link to all of these things in the show notes just so you have a place to find them all. But the five-minute journal, it's one page a day. And at the top part, there's like an AM and PM. The top part is you list three things that you're grateful for. You list three things like what would make today great. And then there's a kind of like three line, like little paragraph area that says, I am dot, dot, dot. So it's kind of like the positive affirmations, if you will. Like I am strong. I am healthy. I am a great sister. I am, I am a money-making machine, whatever you want to write down to just kind of 
whatever you're feeling that day. And mine are so different every day, what kind of route I'm taking. And then at night, it says list three things that happened today. So that goes back to like being grateful and appreciating. And then it says, how could I have made today better? And in the foreword, it talks about not like shitting on yourself of like what you did wrong that day, but say you woke up late that day. And it says, how can I make today better? It says to almost write them as like, I wake up on time. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't like shit on yourself. Just say something more of like the positive affirmation type things of like, I wake up on time. I don't snooze my alarm. I, that whole kind of thing. Okay, moving on. I think that covers it. If there's any more, if there's anything else, just let me know. Okay, next question. For those who don't blog, how do you go about making friends in a new city? (laughs) Well, I kind of feel like that's asking a doctor for dental advice (laughs) since I do have a blog and I'm not sure what it's like to not blog because I've been doing this since college, but I will give this my best shot. I don't know if she's read it or not, but I wrote a whole blog post about this. If you want to search for it, it's called Find Your Tribe, I believe. And not to toot my own horn, but I do think it's a pretty good post. <laughs> it was one of those that just kind of flew out of me and I had it saved on my notes for so long. And then when I started writing about more wellness posts, I wrote it on the blog and actually kind of where it came from, this girl I knew in Chicago, she was kind of like wondering and I like wrote her this big long text and then I was like wait this I feel like I, I have more to say I want to like write it out and so I like wrote it all in the notes of my phone and then when I started kind of talking about more wellnessy topics a few years back I then made it into a blog post but anyway some of the takeaways that I can vaguely remember was one and I've actually talked about this with people in real life too put the damn phone down I'm guilty of it too, but it doesn't matter where you are. You will not meet people when you're staring down at your phone. I don't care if you're looking for friends, romantic partners, or what, but we cut ourselves off when we're staring down at screens. You think about people didn't need dating apps back in the day. Yeah, well, they didn't have phones that they were staring down at either. Every time they were walking, every time they were taking public transportation, every time they were waiting in a line, no. They had nothing else to do to occupy their time, so they were more open to the people around them, right? And like I said, I'm guilty of it too, but if you take away the phone and like put away that security blanket of feeling alone and feeling like you need to feel this connection with whoever else online, you're not going to make a connection with anyone else around you. Just simply put, you just need to be open to meeting the people around you. And I'm not saying you have to like strike up a conversation with every stranger that you meet. But, you know, if you're standing in line and you may, once you're not staring down at your phone, say you're waiting at Starbucks, you might realize that the girl in front of you picked up your favorite juice. You could just say something like, oh, that's my favorite too. Or have you tried this one? If you're looking for friends, I mean, you never know what it could lead to. And you know what? They may look at you like, why is this bitch talking to me? But You never know. Or maybe that person's feeling down that day and like a stranger commenting on their cute shoes might make their whole fucking day. And like in the world that we live in, I think like the ripple effects of just kindness and connecting, they go so much farther than we realize. You know, like how many times have you been having a shitty day and like some stranger smiles at you on the street, you know, and it does cause that like ripple effect. But those things don't happen when we're staring down at a phone. Catch my drift? I would say that that's like my number one tip in general for dating advice, for making new friends, etc. But beyond that, when 
it comes to just making connections of any sort. It's all about networking. And I feel like networking gets like such a bad rap. I know we talked about this in my episode with Kelly, episode four, about how networking can have kind of a negative stigma. But so if you don't have a blog network to get involved in, because I know when I moved to New York, that's kind of how I made all of my friends. Think about, so you know, my blog is my job. Think about your job. How can you get involved with maybe extracurriculars at your work? Does your work do a volunteer day or simply just volunteering outside of work? Find organizations that you're passionate about to get involved in. Your alumni network from the school that you went to, whether that's high school, college, grad school. If you go to church, getting involved, more so involved with your church, join an intramural team. You just kind of have to say yes to all of the things. And I, I really do believe it's a mindset shift with that. I feel like I talked about this a lot in the first few episodes, but you know, I went through a time where I felt like I had no friends either. And that was like two years ago. You know, all of my friends were like friends of a friend that I was no longer friends with. And I literally went through like a Rolodex, like went through the contact list on my phone, went through my Instagram. And it was like people that maybe I had met once here at something or maybe somebody that I had just emailed with but had never actually met. You have to put yourself out there and it's vulnerable and uncomfortable. But I just started asking people to go to lunch or coffee. And as you heard in that same episode with Kelly, I have a completely new group of friends that are so much more aligned with my values now. And I I couldn't be happier in that department. And it's crazy, you know, some friends that I felt like I couldn't reach out to in that weird friend breakup time have now like almost migrated over and are in this group of friends. And it's like, one big happy family, you know? You know, nothing is linear and friend groups do move around, especially as so many life changes happen in your 20s and 30s. But my best advice is just say yes to all of the things and find groups and communities to be a part of. You know, if there are podcasts that you listen to, I know so many of them have Facebook groups. Like I'm in the almost 30 Chicago girls Facebook group. And they do meetups and stuff all the time. So it's like, you know, if you're listening to a podcast, you know, that you like, you guys are probably like-minded. You might find some other like-minded people and you never know what could come of that. I know Danielle Moss, one of my friends here in Chicago, she has a blog and also is a co-founder of The Every Girl. She has done this thing on her website where it's like in the comments, she basically has made like groups in different cities and these girls, if you're like looking for new friends, you basically put like Jessica Sturdy, Chicago, Illinois, and she'll start an email of all of the Chicago people and they do like a meetup and she's shared responses of people that have like found their best friends. And my friend Grace from thestripe.com, she has done a similar thing with that too. So I think once you make that mindset shift, you'll start to see different little communities that you can kind of like hop into or discover and explore those areas once you are kind of, I know I keep saying it and some people probably think I sound like a complete lunatic, but I think once you just make that mindset shift, you'll start to notice those things more so and it will become a lot easier. Okay, next question. Advice for an undergrad trying to figure out what to do with their life. (laughs) Honestly, same. (laughs) In undergrad, I feel like I had no idea what I was doing with my life and I still don't. So (laughs) it doesn't get better. No, I'm just kidding. But like also not. 
I would say my biggest piece of advice that I've learned, and this is post-grad, but is just trying to remember that like no one knows what the F they're doing. Literally. That's been my biggest realization as I've gone through my 20s. Everyone is just trying to figure it out. Literally everyone. Even if it seems like they have all of their shit together. And this is something that I still, at 29 and a half, still remind myself on a daily basis. Everyone is just trying to figure it out. Like no one, and I repeat, no one has all of their shit together. Some, of course, more so than others, but it's always a work in progress, you know? But for an undergrad, this takes me back. So I was a part of a business fraternity and everyone in it was accounting, finance, maybe marketing. And then we had, I feel like I can, a few people, granted it was a business fraternity, but there was a few other people that were not in those majors. And I was an economics and financial planning major. So like it was similar, but also not one of those. Like I wasn't going to like a big four accounting. I wasn't going into investment banking. And I'm not going to lie. I felt, I just always felt like an outsider in that group in a, in a professional sense. All the friends I was just with in India, I met through that business fraternity. I'm speaking on a panel for that business fraternity still like next week. So I'm not trying to say I had a bad experience at all. But I know how as an undergrad, you can feel very isolated when it feels like everyone around you, they have their major and they know where they want to work after college and blah, 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 blah. Newsflash, wait till graduation and you'll see that like half these people are going to work at those jobs for like a year. They're going to have an internship and realize they hate what they're doing. Or like me, I was pre-law since freshman year and since I was like age eight, thought I was going to be a lawyer And then fall semester senior year after taking the LSAT twice and starting law school applications realized I didn't want to be a lawyer. So I wholeheartedly understand not knowing what you want to do with your life. So I will say my senior year was a hard time in the sense of me kind of switching gears and not planning to go to law school anymore. And You know, I was econ and financial planning major, and I thought that I was going to do something more, you know, in that realm of law. And I knew that with my major, I didn't want like a finance job. I didn't want to work at a bank. I kind of knew that I didn't want to sit behind a computer all day, even though that technically is still what I do now. But I I knew I didn't want the traditional finance job. But why... I decided I didn't want to go to law school. I was just done with school. I didn't want to be in school anymore. So switching my major and extending school didn't feel like an option to me either. So honestly, that's why I started, how I ended up in a crazy turn of events, ended up starting my blog because I feel like I just relied on my friends and family to help me do some soul searching that semester. And I remember talking to my roommates senior year and you know, I'm like, I don't know what else I like. I don't know what else to do. And it was, I would say through some of their, like my roommate, Megan, I feel like she almost encouraged me, you know, like just, you're so good at like putting outfits together. And cause her boyfriend now husband was already living up in Chicago and she would be going up for different like work events of his. And I feel like we would talk about how to style a dress and all of these things and borrow things from each other. And I feel like she almost encouraged me of, you know, like you're so good at like putting outfits together. Would you ever think of like working more so like in fashion or something like that? And 
you know, I grew, like I said before, I grew up in a town of 3,000 people. Like I didn't know what working in fashion was. I didn't understand it at all. And I'd never even considered that as a possibility. I also didn't realize, I think that that is a thing with our, everybody has their unique individual gifts. And I think that what we don't realize about our gifts as we're growing up is that you don't realize that you have them. You don't realize that not everyone is like you with certain things or not everyone has an eye for the things that you have an eye for or certain things come more naturally to you than they do to others. Like everybody kind of has their thing and I didn't really think anything. I was like, well, I don't, yeah, doesn't everybody like like to do this? Like isn't getting dressed everybody's favorite part of their day? Doesn't everybody like to play around with how to wear different things? I didn't, I didn't know at the time and fast forward. So I ended up starting, it was probably a few, a month or a few weeks after that, I ended up finding this fashion blog online. That's how I, I was like, oh my God, this is cool. This kind of like could show my style more so. And I ended up starting the blog that night in November of 2010. So I think you just kind of have to just explore your different interests. And if you're having a hard time figuring out what those might be, talk to your friends, talk to your family. You know, other people pick up on things before we do about ourselves sometimes. And then I guess with just my own experience, you know, I started that blog and then I was after college, like working retail, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Cause I wanted to be more, I thought more so a stylist. And one of my, actually the same friend whose wedding I was just at in India, her cousin was one of the top stylists at Nordstrom for many years. And at Nordstrom, they don't just hire you into a stylist. You have to start on the floor selling product. And so I worked in handbags for that summer and just selling wasn't for me. I'm not a salesman. I can sell something if I truly believe in it, but like if I don't, you know, it would be like a certain brand of handbags that I knew were coming back with repairs all the time. And if somebody's like, oh, I really like this bag, it just wasn't in my nature to be like, yeah, you should buy it because you're on commission at Nordstrom, you know? I, could I tell them that like actually somebody brings that bag back like once a week? I feel like we need to RTV it, like return to vendor because it's like faulty. That. I'm just a very black and white person and will tell you how it is. And so in a commission sales environment, it's just not for me. And I know technically like with the blog, you could view that as like a commission sales environment. Like if I'm recommending a pair of shoes and you click through and buy it, I may make two bucks. But I swear to you, I only recommend things that I would recommend buying. I It's just not in my nature to like bullshit people. So the Nordstrom thing only lasted a, that summer. I worked there, I think like June to August. And I ended up quitting and without another job lined up. I mean, I think thankfully when you're 20, how old was I, 21 still? Yeah, I was still 21. I think when you're in your early 20s, you can be a little bit more, you can take more risks, you know, because you have less to lose. But I ended up being at this event. It was for this other blogger who wrote a book and I only knew her from the blogging community. And actually my boyfriend had like just broken up with me and I wasn't, he was going to go to this event with me and I didn't want to go by myself. And my other roommate who was a roommate from college too, that I lived with in Chicago after college, she came to the event with me and the space for the event was at this stylist. And I ended up just talking to them and I was like, you know, are you guys hiring? And she's like, no, no. And I was like, okay. 
I still got her email. I went home that night. I was like, do you have anything unpaid? I basically like wasn't taking no for an answer. I was like, could I even just job shadow you for a day just to see what it was like? I went for this job shadow. They asked me to come back the next week because I was like helpful enough, they thought. And I ended up working for free for four months and then they ended up hiring me. So it's when you're an undergrad and hopefully you know have you know some family support financially or scholarships or whatever the situation might be, you have a little bit more free time then to do more things just as a shadow and just for free. And I'm, I'm not saying that you should work for free. Now I feel as if there were times in my early career doing things for free where I feel like I more so got a little bit taken advantage of or they took advantage of the situation that they knew that my parents were helping me out in that time. And so I kind of have a strong belief now that I am not trying to take advantage of anyone and anybody who helps me, even if it's for a very low hourly rate I or school credit or something, you know, I always want there to be like an even exchange. But anyway, back to what I'm saying, just reach out and see if you can job shadow and offer your service for whatever it might be. And you'll also quickly learn what you like and what you don't like. Intern as much as you can. That's the advice I always got in college and I firmly believe it as well. Even if an internship, you realize what you don't want to do, that's still a blessing. Even if you hate the internship, you know, you just kind of start figuring out what your path might look like and you figure out what lights you up and what doesn't. I would say that that's my best advice for that. So that was only like two questions and we're already getting up here on time. So I'm going to answer one more and we might have to continue this for later. Okay, next one. Favorite restaurant or bar in Chicago? All right, maybe this won't be as as short as I thought. Okay, how do I choose? All right, let's start with food, restaurants. Pizza is my favorite food, and I literally order Happy Camper in Old Town at least once a week. The menu is basically the same at both Paradise Park and Home Slice. They all have the same owner or owners. So whichever one's closest to you. I order from Happy Camper because it's not too far from my apartment and it gets delivered within like 30, maybe 40 minutes. So it's the best. But yeah, all of the pizzas on those menus are basically the same with different names. At Happy Camper, I get the Linda and the Greg. They're the best. And I know that the Linda at Paradise Park, I think is the big teeve. And I think the Greg is the mercenary at Home Slice. Yeah, I always get the jalapeno homies too. I feel like they're the best appetizer because they're kind of low carb because they're just in like a jalapeno boat. It's basically like a potato skin minus the potato. So it's like a boat of jalapeno and there's like some sour cream and cheese. Like they're not healthy, but they're at least since you're already having pizza. Um, But if you're like going carb heavy, their goat sticks are also amazing. It's like breadsticks with marinara, but there's goat cheese in the marinara. So good. Also, if you're not a complete animal, um, their kale cob salad is also really good too, but I don't like ham, so I get it without ham. Also, those are, so that's more so order in, even though I love going out to pizza at all three of those places too. I also love parlor pizza. They have a few locations. I haven't been to the new river North one yet, but there's, I've been to Wicker. It's more like family though, to be honest. I love the one in the West Loop. I feel like there's always young people. And I will say on like Thursday after work, it's a great happy hour spot to like, if you want to like meet people. Also day drinking on Saturday, especially like March Madness when there's games, always recommend parlor. 
But their pizza is just, I love it too. Burrata Be Kidding Me, Sgt. Peppers, Cheez-Its Mary and Joseph. There's so many good ones. And also their Parlor Paloma is one of my favorite drinks in all of Chicago. And then I guess on the topic of cocktails at Barrio, a Mexican spot in River North. They have like one of my favorite cocktails ever. They have this spicy mezcal watermelon margarita that is phenomenal. That's like everything I love. I love like smoky and spicy together, like the mezcal spicy. And then with the watermelon, it's just amazing. And then on the topic of spicy margs, I love Big Star. Their spicy margs are phenomenal. Their tacos are the best. Highly recommend. For something a little more Fancy, I suppose, Bavette's is my favorite restaurant, hands down. I love their wine policy. It's BYOB, and there's no corkage fee necessarily, but their corkage fee is just that they pour out one glass of wine into a glass, and you can send that glass to anybody else in the restaurant, which I think is, like, so fun. All of their steak is amazing. The sides, their mac and cheese, their salads, everything is phenomenal. And their espresso martini is literally the best espresso martini that I have had in the entire world. I know that's a bold statement and it backs it up. It is just, we talked to the bartender, it is just vodka, espresso, and a little bit of sugar. But the way that they shake it, it tastes like it almost has like a Kahlua or something else in it. So I like that it doesn't have those like the added creamy elements, but it just tastes phenomenal. And like the whole ambiance in there, I've sat upstairs and downstairs numerous times at each. I love upstairs. I I also like downstairs if depending on like the crowd that's there, but I would try to sit on the main level if you can. I know it's impossible to get like reservations there. Make them far in advance. Speaking of martinis, I love the dirty martini at Gibson's because it has blue cheese stuffed olives. And I love, hopefully we're getting into like more patio season, but I love having drinks out on the patio at Gibson's. I love sitting at the bar at Hugo's and getting a burger and a dirty martini. What else? Brunch. I love Etta. It is so good. It's such a fun atmosphere. It's in Wicker Park. Or is that Bucktown? I get confused over there. But yeah, it's a little bit more west. It's so good. For bars, I really don't know. Like, I feel like I'm so over all of the bars. Like, I feel like back in my... I feel like I used to go out a ton And that's not really me anymore, but I used to go to like all of the clubs and actually half the clubs are like now closed and like for remodeling and turning into other things. So obviously I still love to go out and have fun, but like staying out till 4am like Friday and Saturday is just not really my jam anymore. As you get older, you just can't bounce back as fast, but it's hard to know where to go. Like I feel like I end up going to more like bar restaurants, like all of the pizza places that I talked about earlier because they're still so fun and they kind of like turn up a little once dinner time's over. But yeah, if you have any recommendations, send them my way. All right, where are we at on time here? Okay, I'll do do one more. Spirituality, like the mercury and retrograde shit. I want to (laughs) learn. Okay, well, to me, astrology and spirituality are two very different things. Hopefully I answered the spirituality bit above, but As for astrology, I kind of started with the Astrology Zone app. I feel like I went to this event in New York and it was Susan Miller, who was like a astrologer. And she used to do a column in different magazines too. 
And I felt like I just always resonated with things from her specifically. So she does the Astrology Zone app and I pay the like $4 a month or whatever it is for the extended version of my like daily and weekly horoscopes. And I feel like I learned about things through there. I also follow a shitload of astrology accounts on Instagram. And I'd say that's like where I get most of my info. I like, to be honest, I don't even know what the names of them are. I know one is Spirit Daughter that is coming to mind Also, Ezie Spencer, I found her via Jess Lively's podcast, and she does more like lunar moon cycle things. Hold on, let me scroll through my feed really quick and see if anything comes up. Of course, nothing is coming up for me right now. Oh, this isn't astrology, but I just started following club underscore mental, and It's all about like mental health and kind of blocking that stigma, which I'm really into. I know that there's like a million other astrology accounts I follow and naturally they're not coming up for me right now. So it's usually my entire feed, but you know, go figure that I'm talking about it. I need to find it. I can't right now. Oh, no, that's just different motivational quote. If I find any more, I'll put them in the show notes. I feel like every morning when I wake up, there's always a bunch and it kind of talks about like what's going on that day in in the cosmos. (laughs) Well, that was that was a flop. All right, I'll do one more. (laughs) I feel like I keep saying that. Blogger friendships. Again, not a question. I I've made a lot of friends through blogging over the years throughout the whole community. So many in New York, some here in Chicago too. And yeah, I'm so fortunate. I feel like to to have met so many amazing people through blogging. I feel like that's been my favorite part. Okay, one more. <laughs> if you have ever had a meet and greet with your readers and now listeners, I have not necessarily like a meet and greet, but I've hosted a ton of events where readers and followers could come. I did a bunch at Express when I lived in New York, maybe two or no. I feel like I did one at Express, one at Gap. I also did one at Express like right after I moved back here in Chicago. But I have not hosted an event for like a very long time. I've tossed around the idea of doing a meet and greet and people have requested that. So if you want to come to one in Chicago, let me know and maybe I can put that into the works. I think that that would be really fun because it has been a while. So that's it. I still have more um, little sticker box questions. So I will put those all in a bank for the next Q&A. All right, that's it for this week. I will see you guys back here next Tuesday. Have a good one.